We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Pele leaned in and said something to Freddie. Don't let them change you. Keep working on what makes you different and what makes you special. It was great advice, but it caused me some problems. But what could change Freddie do? Soccer is going to explode, and it's going to be around this kid. We were the Beatles. Everywhere we went, it was the Freddie show. And with that came the expectation, and with that came the pressure. New episodes of American Prodigy drop Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcasts. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to Brooklyn Buzz. I'm your host, Nick Faye. With me, as always, Jack Manuel. And Jack, we are talking Nets winning once again. Kevin Durant looked great. Kyrie Irving looked great. The offense was on fire. Even saw some defense. But how are you feeling, Jack? I will not overreact to a preseason game. I will not overreact to a preseason game. I feel like Bart Simpson running on the, the blackboard. Yep. Just going to chill. Just going to chill, guys. Just going to chill. It's tough because the Nets won tonight 113-89, and at certain points of this game, they're up by 33, 35 points. It was just an offensive explosion, and you saw KD, you saw Kyrie, you saw Karras, you saw Spencer, you saw your boy Joe Harris. It was just nuts. We're going to jump into that, but as always, you can find us on all streaming platforms, including OTGBasketball.com and Blue Wire Pods. But uh, we got to start with KD. Because, uh, you know, he looked good in the game against the Wizards, but tonight he looked healthy. I mean, there was a couple plays he took off. Probably conditioning isn't 100% there, but there was enough flashes tonight where I am really, really excited. Even more excited than I even anticipated going into the season. Yo, this is a stat line, Nick. 27 minutes. 9 of 16 from the field. 25 points. 2 of 5 from 3. 5 of 6 from the free throw line. 6 boards. 2 assists. A steal. 3 blocks. Yep. 3 blocks! 
And they weren't those cheap blocks either. They were legitimate blocks. Like one of them was a weak side rim protection. One of them was Daniel Tyson the post, and the other one I can't recall off the top of my it was, head. It was the jumper before the transition three. Yeah. Oh, yep. There you go, Jack. So like, I mean, that alone, and I know we had some concerns about KD in terms of his athleticism coming back from the Achilles. And sure, that still might be the case on on-ball defense, but as like a rim protector and weak side help, that length isn't going to disappear because you even saw him like contest a couple shots, and the guys just missed terribly. Yeah, I think that that's the one thing we were most worried about is was his defense. But when him and Jeff, there was moments where him and Jeff Green were out there, the four small five ball line, nets, small ball nets. It didn't look amazing. I think there's some kinks to be worked out with the, with a lot of different things. I think you know, to be honest, an extra preseason game or two would probably do the Nets a world of good. But they chose to only play two of them. But sticking with KD, you mentioned the weak side sort of help, Nick. That was one of his real strengths as a defender that he developed in Golden State. And if you have Kevin Durant and Jared Allen out there, like you mentioned, I was just like, that's defense. And I yeah. mean, I it was one they, thing they that... They for a lot of bad perimeter defense too. Yeah. And look, it's not like we have, like, I, I think the Nets will be average on the perimeter because Kyrie's looked a bit more engaged on the defensive end uh, in, in a lot of respects too. He's still not going to be an above average defender. Spencer Dinwiddie, we hope will be. Karis Avert, we hope will be. We saw moments where we got the, the Karis Avert with the, the five-man lineup as well with Jared Allen in there as well, which I think could be a closing lineup. There was lots of different iterations tonight that for a preseason game, we could probably do an hour on this podcast. Yeah. There really was. It felt like uh, the way Nash went with the rotations in this game, the first set was like, all right, I'm going to let the starters get some minutes together. Second set, I'm going to let the bench guys get some minutes together and let those guys kind of really gel because, like you said, it's only two preseason games. And then in the third quarter, late in that second quarter, we started to see some of the change-ups and some of those those combos mixing up, like you mentioned, with Karis Avert and Jared Allen, Jared Allen out there with uh, Kyrie Katie and Joe Harris, which, like you said, I think that could be the closing lineup because – that lineup at first kind of started a little sn- slow, but then you saw it heat up. You saw like Karis LeVert being an option out there as your third option going at guys and just killing them because like we talked about, most teams aren't going to have three good perimeter defenders. And if they do, they're going to put number one and number two on Kyrie and KD. And not to mention, they're still going to get attention when they don't have the ball. Kevin Durant was facilitating a lot yep. and, and Karis was coming off screens and driving into the lane, hitting catch and shoot threes. You know, I put out a tweet early in the week, you know, I think that he's going to be fine off the ball. Yeah. You know, we understand that Karis Avert and Spencer Dinwiddie are great with the ball in their hands and that is their their best function. That is where they primarily do their, their damage. But, you know, it's not that they can't cut and they don't have, a, you know, lethal quickness. They can't shoot a, a three-pointer. Spencer Dinwiddie was probably, you know, we could dive into um, into Spencer a little bit, but I thought Karis Avert was... Yep was great tonight in, in his comeback game. 21 minutes, 6 of 13 from the field, 2 of 3 from 3, 18 points, had two boards, had an assist, had a steal. He looked good. He looked really good, and uh, I'm liking the throw. He's uh, not quite Jared Allen level, but it's looking pretty nice. Yeah, he's got some swag out there. I mean, he looked good leading that second unit, just having the ball in his hands and doing everything himself and just being like, okay, I'm going to get to the basket. You're going to put Jeff Teague on me, Peyton Pritchard. Like, come on. Show, show, show. <laughs> what are we talking about? Barbecue chicken. As that yeah. uh, what are we doing like brad wanamaker but uh, i loved tonight just for the the fact that this was against the boston and it means nothing but look you know we we take the little wins nick especially in today's day and 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 after the year everyone has had let alone you know nets fans and and everyone else in in saying that but i thought that one thing i really like and i think caris can easily start as can jared allen but if those two are together in any iteration, be it starting or, or in, in a second unit or closing unit, whatever it is, there's chemistry. 
And that's yeah. chemistry is embedded after three, four seasons together. Yeah, and it's like really to the point where Karis knows where Jared's going to be without even looking at him. So he can throw those new look, no look passes. And you can see Jared Allen trying to read other teammates. He just has a great feel for Karis. I think he has a great feel for Spencer as well. Still learning with Kyrie, still learning with KD. And even there was a play with Jeff Green where they were kind of on a different page. So, like you yeah. said, that chemistry they've built over these last couple seasons is huge. And like having a I don't, I don't think there's a better two-man duo off the bench in the league. Like, you could say Dennis Schroeder and Montrezl Harrell, but I'm going with Karis LeVert and Jared Allen in this situation, especially in terms of two-way play. Is Karis LeVert going to win six men of the year, Nick? If he stay, I mean, it looks like a real possibility based off the usage, and we know how talented he is, and we had a discussion he might be the best bench player in the entire NBA, but I wouldn't be surprised if it switched. I wouldn't be surprised at some point during the season if he starts and Spencer, because like Spencer tonight looked a little less efficient in the starting lineup. I thought he still had nice plays, but he doesn't really know when to shoot. Like he's still hesitating a lot. I think there was one play where Steve Nash talked to him afterwards. Like, hey, Spence, you had the wide open three at the top of the key. Pull. Yeah, he seems to be wanting to drive and wanting to be aggressive and wanting to get everyone involved, wanting to be that sort of facilitator and leader out in the court rather than sort of playing instinctual basketball, which yep. I think he did a lot more against Washington. You know, yep. But uh, I think there were probably more opportunities against a lesser team to just get you know those open looks for DJ down low and trying to sort of get that those guys sort of involved. But yeah, look, it's a, it's a good problem to have, to have, you know, the fifth start, obviously, we, we can debate about DeAndre Jordan and Jared Allen in a little bit. But, yeah, Spencer wasn't at his best tonight. You know, one of seven from the field. Did a couple of free throws. You know, four points, uh, three assists. Did have two steals. He, his defense was, wasn't totally there. But, look, we're nitpicking here, Nick. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, if Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are playing the way that they did, then goddamn, try stopping that. Yeah, and let's go talk about Kyrie. 7 to 15, yeah. 3 to 6 from 3, 17 points, and obviously his return to Boston, burning sage before the game, trying to get rid of those demons, whatever it is. Whatever it, whatever it is, it worked, Jack. And also, I forgot to mention the 7 rebounds and the 5 assists. He looks really un- in control and really. And the under- block, Nick, and the block, oh. come on. That was actually a nice block. That wasn't even like a fake block. You know what I mean? Like sometimes they get the blocks when they're like pulling up for the shot, which is kind of more of a steal, but we'll save that for another day. But uh, I feel like his his mindset and his feel next to Katie is really good. Like better than I anticipated. Obviously, it's game two of preseason, but he kind of has an understanding where like, okay, yo, Katie has the mismatch. I'm passing him the ball. I have the mismatch. I'm taking this one-on-one. And that one play where he worked Jason Tatum. Dude, it's insane that we have two guys that are – maybe the best or like at least top five shot makers in the league yep. of creating their own o- offense in isolation. It's ridiculous. And Jason Tatum is a really good defender, yep. like a really good defender. He's not doing that on Jeff Teague or, you know, Janan Musa or whatever. He's yep. cooking one of the better defenders in the league. A guy who's got like five, six, seven inches on him. Um, in saying that, that's two games in a row that Kyrie Irving's gotten the block. And <laughs> I, again, I'm, I'm going to say his defense is looking nice. Now, whether that's Kevin Durant sort of holding him accountable, whether that's Steve Nash holding him accountable, or whether it's just a whole team mentality where I think... And also just having more energy. <laughs> yeah, I think the energy looked good. And obviously, it's a lot easier to be energetic at the, at the starter point, starting points of the season. If we're still saying this in, in, in after game 38 or whatever in the yeah. latter dodge of the season, that's when it's really going to matter. But, you know, focusing on this performance, it was was awesome and I think that one thing I really liked is whether it was Kevin Durant whether it was Kyrie Irving they were pushing that pace and and that seems to be and I I was 
skeptical maybe uh, about the fact that whether I Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving would want to play speed up the the ball and it wasn't necessarily speeding up the ball themselves and through by like all right I'm going to run it here they're just pushing the ball uh, after misses and even after makes and it's just trying to get the ball and trying to get the ball in motion keep that ball moving and I think that's when you know when there were moments when the Nets didn't look their best it was when the ball got stagnant yeah. And, you know, you know, Kyrie Irving can make the ball contort and Kevin Durant can make the ball contort in some weird and wacky different ways. But if that ball's moving, you're going to get a guy like Joe Harris, you know, four or seven from three. You know, he bounced back after a, a lackluster performance against the Washington Wizards. Shout out to his sister, Alice Harris, after the retweet on Twitter. But in, in saying that, I just thought Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, Nick, um, I put it out last week, you know, maybe one of the best superstar jurors in the NBA, in the NBA. Damn, they're, they're coming for that mantle right now. Yeah, at least best offensive duo right now. Based off the way KD's looking health-wise, like, it's really hard to question that. And, you know, just a lot of props to them. And like you said, with the transition stuff, it's such a luxury of having multiple ball handlers and guys that are comfortable dribbling the ball. Even Joe Harris isn't scared to dribble. You know what I mean? Like, he's not going to go into traffic, but he's he's cool getting the ball in a fast break. So they have four guys they can throw out. KD also does a nice job of running after transition if he's contesting a three. There was one possession I want to say he contested. Jalen Brown ran out, got the wide open layup on the other end. You know what I mean? It's just simple stuff like that. Just so much pressure. And if Kyrie and KD keep playing this way, it's just going to be so easy. And you talk Joe Harris, and I think we should talk about him next. Tonight, he just played so well off of those guys. I think maybe it was a little bit of the team effort, too, being like, hey, let's get Joe the ball. Because I want to say, like, early in the game, they ran a play for him. But he's just going to eat all season long because they're just not going to be able to give him that much attention. No. um, It looked like some of the shots he was taking were shots that he wouldn't have taken last season. Some of them were a couple of feet back. Some of them were a bit more contested than normal. And he just hit him and he swished him. And then that layup that he missed, you know, he, he could he could tell that he was pissed at himself because that's a shot that he makes nine times out of ten. That was his easiest look of the night. It was. Yeah. It was. You know, and it's a it's a play that you know I immediately after was tweeting about Duncan Robinson just for the sake of it. But you know, guys like Joe Harris and and JJ Redick, and they can make that shot because they create the gravity for themselves, and so they they know how to do the counter moves. And Joe Harris is good at that. He was taking some mid-ranges as well. I just think that this is the ultimate version of the Brooklyn Nets starting five. Actually, no, because it would include Jared Allen over DeAndre Jordan. But we can get to that in a little bit. But Joe Harris was awesome tonight. I think regardless, Joe Harris is a third star. You know what I mean? Like he's locked in as a third starter. I think the other two are more interchangeable where there's certain matchups where they might work out more. But Joe Harris and his skill set and just being the ultimate complimentary role player to superstars. Like I'm not sure there's many other guys you'd want in Joe Harris's position. And like you said, you know, he missed the easy look. He hit the tough ones. Honestly, it could be something as simple as Kevin Durant telling him to take those shots. Like if one of the best players in the world is telling you, hey, Joe, take your contested threes, take your deep threes, take your step back threes. I see you hit this in practice, take them in the game. Like, or yeah. even Mike D'Antoni could be, the, you know, like, shoot yeah. your threes. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good point because, you know, we know Mike D'Antoni is the is the master when it comes to sort of taking 53s. You know, he took seven of them tonight. And there's a lot of times where you see jokes. Yeah, where there's a lot of times you see Joe taking like, you know, seven in a 35-minute performance. Yep. And, I, and I think he sort of realizes, I think he's playing a confident, instinctual basketball, which is what we sort of want all the guys on the team to sort of play. 
and you know he just knows what a, a good shot for him looks like and, and he knows how to hit the bad shots you yeah. know he's been given the free reign to do that and it's almost just like you know what Kevin Durant hits a shot off someone in the face Kyrie Irving's cooking here that's given me the confidence just that intangible energy one thing I will say just to sort of hark back to where Joe Harris has sort of come from I think that and you know we hear a lot of other people sort of say this I think the Team USA experience was maybe the sort of starting point where it's just like you know what I'm a part of an elite environment here I'm a part of this I'm contributing to this and I know that I belong here I've got a confidence he's got a little bit of a swagger about him now Nick you know, I, I will say you know whenever the, the the camera pans to him he's sort of chewing his gum a little bit I won't go into any details that'll get he has up, some, you know, definitely some more mean looks too like I don't know yes. He's just like, he's ready to be the villain. He's like, yo, I'm not fucking around on this anymore. And then like, what did he have a steal on Grant Williams where he just deed him up at like full core? I was like, okay, Joe, like there's a couple extra, like not that Joe's not a hustle player already, but there were like some toughness esque hustle plays. You know what I mean? Just like plays where he's just like a little extra energy because he's not asked to do as much. And I think that we could see a lot of guys improve defensively again, two games of preseason. I know I'm being crazy, but I'm just saying the off the workload, like the fact that offense might be really easy for this team. It's just that much easier to put an effort defensively. 2020 has reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be more efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there's no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching with candidate instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only site that moves as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get on every possible chance to win the season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today. Take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word, BetOnline, your online sportsbooks experts. And I think that can kind of sort of bring us into Torian Prince, who I think his stat line tonight doesn't reflect how he was quite good. I thought yeah. he was really good. He got on both a little reckless after everyone else came out, and he yes. was the only rotation player left. Yeah. You know, yeah. when the key rotation minutes were happening, when the the game really did matter, Torian Prince was locked in. Yeah. I loved his steal that he had where he made the read and stepped down on uh, Daniel Tice when he was about to get the layup. That was like a play that he, I don't know if he makes that last season or makes that in general. It was just like instinctual, make the read, get your hand in there, play defense. And that's the stuff that you need from two or four from three too. Like 
three pointers is what we want to see from Torian. That's all. That's all we need from him to be yeah. to be honest. Offensively, you know, he needs to be basically just a wing Joe Harris. You know, yeah. a, a more athletic Joe Harris in in a lot of ways. When you have shot creators and shot makers like Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, and Karis Levert, you don't need to be doing that for yourself. And I think that he, like, I'll, I'll harp back to the quote that he made about. Uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving sort of and their leadership style because he seems it seems to me he's buying into that yep. and he he's getting he's reaping the benefits of playing alongside them with them you know learning from them and being able to to communicate with them because he says they take criticism as much as they give it um, and, and sort of a constructive and you know we've heard Kyrie speak to, to the media this week as well sort of saying how you know really harping on that collaboration stuff funnily enough you know the media didn't really project that as much and Charles Barkley <laughs> was still calling him out on Twitter like the buffoon that he, he bloody is go back to trying to get those more. TNT ratings up uh, yeah, I mean, look, the the NBA needs him right now, and I don't know if uh, Chuck's going to be the guy to get him. Maybe you could send him out golfing. That might uh, <laughs> help a little bit more with them. But, yeah, I, I thought Toyin Prince was awesome tonight, Nick. And, you know, it, it just it doesn't necessarily solve all the defensive issues because I still think that there are some kinks to work out. But at this point in time, it seems to be that if Kevin Durant's playing the, the defense that he's playing, Toyin Prince is locked in somewhat, and Jeff Green is, is providing you bits and pieces here and there. There's your wing rotation right there, and it's not too bad. Yeah, no, it's not terrible. I mean, at, at, at the very least, it's different bodies to throw at somebody, and I always think that's important. When you have these elite players, you're you're not necessarily going to shut them down unless you have, you know, I don't know, Jonathan Isaac or something. You know what I mean? Like one of those really, really elite bodies. But, you know, for what they have right now, you feel better about it than you did before the preseason. I think you feel better in general about it just because Kevin Durant's health. And, like, you know, we could talk about that for the entire show, but I will just mention, too, there was one play where it looked like he was about to go for a dunk, stopped on a dime, hit the little mid-range pull-up. Like, that's the type of play that gives me a lot of confidence about his health because they're the plays that really stress your Achilles. Yeah, and he had a similar play to, to his first basket last um, last week, where, or earlier in the week, sorry, the, the, whatever day it was. But where you sort of see the, the lateral movement yep. and the, the stress that you're going to be putting on the lower parts of your leg. And it's just like, he looked just so fluid and so smooth. And that's not going to be the case, obviously. And, and we did see, obviously, his conditioning isn't totally there after two preseason performances. But, you know, the, the signs are good. And it, it's going to keep on building. And hopefully this is the start to what's going to be a big season for him. And look, people are picking him for MVP. I picked him for MVP in, in the OTG roundtable that'll be dropping out soon. Um, I know my guy, Dave Dufour, I was having a bit of a back and forth with him. We're all in on the KD MVP experience. Andre Iguodala's got you. Andre Iguodala, you know, former teammate. Look, if he plays the way that he did tonight, there's, I, I don't know if there's, he could almost be in a tier of his own. Yeah, I mean, he offensively, he's just dominant. And like we said, some of the defensive stuff, like it's coming around, but the potential is there with the blocks and stuff like that. I mean, and he's in a situation where the offense is going to be so easy because the Nets are just so stacked on that side of the ball. You know what I mean? Like, if, even if, like, knock on wood, we don't want anyone to get injured, but even if they had an injury, they have suitable backups to support him with good players. You know what I mean? Um, I think we should talk about Jared Allen a little bit yep. tonight. Yep. 17 and a half minutes, pretty much. 11 rebounds in four <laughs> offensive, nine points. You know, there's a couple times I felt like he probably got fouled. They're not going to call him preseason, but I like the energy he played with, and I like some of the dunks he threw down. I mean, it's going to be a hard case as our you know, DeAndre Jordan all year. How the hell can you not start this man, Nick? After Unless it's just a minute thing. That's the only thing I can think of. 
I I don't even think it's a minute thing. I think it's an ego thing. I think yeah. it's just to be like, look, DeAndre Jordan, we don't want it. You are clearly the inferior player. You might be one of the most inferior players on the Brooklyn Nets roster right now. Now, I, if DeAndre wants to come on the pod, I'll, I'll eat my words and I'll, I'll, I'll kiss him and I'll kiss his ass as much as I want. But in saying that, Jared Allen is just a, a far superior player in every single way when it comes to defense, offense, everything. He's not friends with. He's not as close friends with you know uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. But there, uh, was there a play tonight that stuck out to you for DeAndre Jordan other than shoving Spencer Dimwitty into Jason Tatum or whatever it was? Yeah, I think just to defend DeAndre in that situation, I'm pretty sure Spencer stepped on his foot. So like the natural was just to like, okay, get get off me. But uh, the only play that stuck out for me for DeAndre is when he got switched on the Marcus Smart and he bullied him and got the foul call down low. Like that's yeah. the thing that he can do that Jared Allen. First play of the game, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it happened more than once. So like, you know what okay. I mean? Like that's something he can do. His toughness and physicality is really the only advantage he has over Jared Allen because athletically, Jared Allen is just so much better. He can make up so much more space. And even uh, I went and rewatched some of the preseason game against the Wizards, and it's just so evident because DeAndre can't make a misstep. If he makes a misstep, defend, the offensive player is going to get a bucket, get open space, whatever it is. Jared Allen has enough reaction speed or recovery speed where he can make up for a misstep and still get the block or still contest a shot. And that's really the difference. And in, in the NBA, a second's all that they need. Yeah. Look, ultimately, it doesn't matter in a preseason performance going up against yep. Daniel Tice and Robert Williams. Robert Williams is a nice player, and Daniel Tice is a good player as well. But that, that's the same caliber of, of centers that the Brooklyn Nets have. And ultimately, it's a position that doesn't matter unless you have a Nicole Jokic, Joel Embiid, who will be coming up against at regular points this season. That's when, you know, I'm going to be watching. You know, it might not matter as much against Golden State even. You know, yeah. against a Marquise, Chris, and James Wiseman if he's healthy. You know, Draymond Green if he's playing some small ball. You know, I'm happy with KD going up against him or Jeff Green. It's, you know, a, 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 against maybe Brooke Lopez and, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. You know, there are going to be select matchups where I think that it's going to matter. And ultimately that closing lineup because at this point in time the Nets destroyed the Boston Celtics tonight so we didn't see any like you know real clutch time sort of play but important moments Jared Allen needs to be out there and I think surely Steve Nash knows that surely Mike D'Antoni Jacques Vaughn Ime Yudoka know that that he's just a better player I think Kevin Durant has to know that I mean ultimately there has to be a level of self-awareness from DeAndre Jordan as well it's just like look you know, I've got my money. I'm comfortable here. I can still contribute as a locker room presence, probably more so than my on-court production. But this kid right here, he's coming for me, and he's playing awesome basketball. And he, he was great tonight. And and I think he was sort of staking his claim. And I think he needs to maintain that level of aggression, that level of intensity. And if again, if he's playing with Karis Silvert, then I think it's going to bring out the best in him too. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So that's why it might make sense if Karis is going to stay on the bench to leave Jarrett there and just give him the bigger allocation of minutes. You know what I mean? So, and at the end of the day, like you said, it really depends on the closing stuff. But let's talk Jeff Green, who we did see in that small ball lineup. Had, yo, Jeff Green, I swear he does not go a season without having some type of poster dunk. And it took a second preseason game to get it. And it was just murder. I'm just like, man, like that that was like some mean stuff right there. And like you said, like we could see Jeff Green playing substantial minutes at center against the Warriors if they go small. I I think that he just gives us versatility and um, in in a way that I think matters in in the modern NBA and to unlock the Brooklyn Nets offensively even more so because, you know, he hit a three-pointer tonight. He he is going to be fluid from there. He's going to be better than DJ and Jared Allen for there, that's for sure. And having the interchangeability of him and and Kevin Durant at the four and five, and uh, I think that it unlocks a lot of different... 
uh, positives on both ends of the floor for the Brooklyn Nets because Jeff Green's still got a little bit there and, you know, he's going to work himself into conditioning as well. And there are probably going to be moments where he's going to have to rest and Torian Prince might have to step up. But I think that I'm more confident than when we did the season preview with Matt uh, about our, our wing rotation right now. It's not to say that we can't add depth there and can't add quality there if the, the right move is available. But Jeff Green, Torian Prince, Kevin Durant, as I alluded to earlier, are, are producing well enough. But um, I, I don't know if I can expect Kevin Durant to be this good defensively because it's, like you said, Nick, it's almost shocking. Yeah, I'm definitely surprised as how healthy he is at this point in the year. I expected him to like get back to this, but I expect it to happen more so in like April. You know what I mean? Like work yourself in the shape. I mean, it's interesting to see. Even Jeff Green looked a little bit more spry than I expected at 34 years old. Like he still had the hops, had a couple nice defensive plays. But like you said, you know, you feel better about it. But if they could make some type of upgrade where they can turn Torian Prince into a plus defender, above average defender, or somebody that can actually defend you know lebron james or Giannis antetokounmpo for 20 minutes in a game and not need a ton of help then you have to do it but jack any other players you want to touch on i wanted to touch a little bit on before we get to maybe a couple of other players nick did the nets look like they're rebounding the ball better in this preseason it seems to me that there is an impetus on that and how we can unlock their offense if they can get the open rebounds and they're quite aggressive there jared allen was shoving joe harris to the ground just to get the boards <laughs> i'm not really sure maybe it's just a mindset of like hey three guys are going to rebound two guys are going to run out and some of yeah. that d'antoni in there and just like hey you know you have to get the rebound so it's also like not trying to be throwing shade but the celtics aren't a great rebounding team in general yeah. You know what I mean? Especially no Tristan Thompson tonight. So maybe down the line, we can kind of get a better idea for that. And, and preseason, which I feel like rebounding is somewhat of an effort stat. But yep. Yep. I would I would think the Nets are pretty keen on it. Because like you mentioned earlier, pushing the pace, you need the rebound to get it going. That's the first step. Yeah. And look, it's just, I, I mean, I've, I've watched it tangibly. And now looking at the box score and seeing like, you know, seven boards for Kyrie, obviously 11 for Jared Allen. You know, Kevin Durant rebounding the ball well with six for himself. You know, everyone had... Everyone that played some form of, of decent rotation minutes other than Tyler Johnson had and Bruce Brown had double digit nor had more than one rebound, sorry. Yeah. So I mean team effort. I think that's something that we've kind of asked for in the past and we haven't always gotten. I guess I do want to just mention Landry Shamit because he didn't hit his shot, so his stat line's not gonna pop, but you can still see Gravity. his yeah, his impact on the offense. I, I, this, I'm not mistaken, it says he's plus 27 for the night. Some of that yeah. was garbage time, but a lot of that was like in actual minutes. And that goes to show the difference in terms of the Nets bench compared to the Celtics, who, you know, they do have a poor bench, but still like the Nets, I think they might have the best bench in the NBA. I I put it out there and it was the tweet that I was at throughout the game tonight that did the, the most traction, that the Brooklyn Nets have the, the most depth in the league, the, the best depth in the NBA. And again, does it really matter in the grand scheme of things? Probably not, but maybe it does this season more than any other, as we've alluded to. You know, this is an unpredictable COVID season where depth and, and guys in your rotation are going to have to step up and you know and, and play minutes when guys are either injured because of lack of conditioning or because of a condensed uh, schedule or because of hopefully, well, hopefully it's not an issue in the coming weeks and months because of the vaccine, but because of the, the coronavirus and, and the fact that it's still prevalent across major parts of America right now. So... Look, I think it's going to matter to a point, but when it comes to the Brooklyn Nets championship aspirations, it's all going to be about those eight or nine guys. 
you know, and I think that the Nets, by that point in time, having depth allows you to figure out some things and experiment to go, hmm, is Carol Stavert going to be that guy? Is Landry Shaman going to be that guy? Is Bruce Brown going to be that guy? Is Jeff Green really still capable there? Can TLC do it? You know, I think that the opportunities are being given to a lot of these guys right now, getting the double-digit minutes. Uh, I think that it's a good problem to have. You'd rather have the depth than be in the Celtics position, as you alluded to, Nick, and a lot of other teams in the NBA in a season where, again, depth is probably going to matter a lot more because of the the nature of it with coronavirus and the condensed nature of the 72-game schedule. And something we talked about a lot in the Raptors in their championship run was they didn't necessarily use all their pieces all the time, but Nick Nurse had the options. Hey, I need this skill set right now. I can go to that skill set and get it off my bench because the Nets do have some different guys. And I'll just go back to the 2015-2016 Warriors, those two years when they went to the finals. They had really deep teams. They played those guys a lot. They, they kept the stars really fresh all the time. And that's what the Nets hopefully can do, especially with KD coming off injury, Kyrie having his injury history, even guys like, you know, Karis Avert and trying to keep him in shape. You know what I mean? Like, so having the options of rest guys, if they have ankle sprain, they don't have to battle a nagging injury. They can take that week or two off. Could be all the difference in a final run. Like a 100% team is better than somebody who's 95%. Basically, uh, look, Nick, for me, uh, I'm going to ask you maybe an unprompted question. There's seven guys that I think are locked in either one way or another because of their production, because of just the nature of the team. It's the starting five from tonight. Durant, Jordan, Irving, Dinwiddie, Harris, uh, Carlos Avert, Jared Allen. That's seven guys right there already. Now, I don't, I could quite easily replace DeAndre Jordan with Jeff Green there and, and, and I'd be more than happy. But you've got Jeff Green, Torian Prince, you've got uh, Tyler Johnson, we can probably discount him, but you've got TLC who's been giving a, a lot of run, and you're getting Landry Shamet who's getting a lot of run. Bruce Brown, who I doesn't, I don't think, you know, from reading the TLC has had the best preseason, but I think it's still going to have some level of impact. But if you're giving me the eighth man out of that, out of, you know, Jeff Green, Torian Prince, or probably in TLC, out of those three guys at this point in time, who are you giving it to uh, for, say, opening night? Or I reckon we go nine deep, but hypothetically, the Nets only go eight deep. Who's the eighth person? Yeah, I mean, it's really tough, Jack. I mean, part of me wants to say Landry Shannon because he seems like a guy that they really like and even spent some time, I want to say, with Kyrie and Katie on the floor. But I would say in the skill set in terms of, like, they, that's the only player in the roster that has a skill set would be Jeff Green. But it, it could be Torian Prince. So I, I really I don't think I can get – Give you eighth or ninth man. I mean, maybe Prince and Green, but then I feel like Shamit's going to be in there too. The only question is like, do, there, there could be nights where you only see Kyrie, Karis, Spencer, Joe Harris, and they get majority of the, the guard minutes, and then Shamit only plays a little role. Yeah. Where, where I guess like Torian Prince and Jeff Green both have to play a lot because they're the only other forwards on the roster. You know what I mean? Katie's not playing the entire game. Yeah, look, it's, it's going to be a mix and match thing, but you want to have the the rotation solidified at, at a certain point in time and, and i we was know, definitely way off i thought bruce brown was going to be one of the guys i guess i was off on that <laughs> uh from from you know looking at different sort of things behind the scenes and reading twitter tea leaves and whatever it seems to me he hasn't had the best preseason or he may have you know because we, we heard you know he was putting up shots after the game uh, against the wizards look he looked good tonight you know he's going to turn into a, a cult favorite at a certain point in time he's still going to have an impact but Look, I think that the Nets will likely go nine deep. Is there a chance you think that against the Golden State Warriors or throughout the regular season, we could see them go 10 deep? Yeah, I think so. I don't think it necessarily means big minutes for X or Y player. You know what I mean? But it could just be a quick little flash of somebody for five minutes at the end of the second quarter or something like that. Or 
I mean, I know this this is kind of hot takey or maybe being a little irrational, but I think there's going to be a lot of blowouts this year, and we're going to see almost the whole roster play because the Nets are going to be up big in the fourth quarter, and and they're they're going to rest guys. You know what I mean? That's not out of the realm of possibilities with this offense. That's the the best way of load management. Do it Golden State Warriors style, where you destroy teams in the first three quarters, and the last quarters you wrench all the you rest all those superstars. And look, the Nets aren't there yet, but look. I, I, this performance, uh, I think, was something that you can take more away from than the Washington Wizards game because we saw higher rotation minutes for guys that will be playing higher rotation minutes. It was a more quality opponent, even without you know, Kemba Walker and Tristan Thompson out there. You know, you're still going up against Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Marcus Smart, and Daniel Tice. Those are four quality playoff rotation players. Some of them, you know, Jason Tatum is being talked about as an MVP contender, and he had some nice moments tonight. I thought that... This was really, really encouraging. Um, and it's, uh, again, like I said, do not overreact to preseason games. But, man, um, I've drank the Kool-Aid on uh, a lot of players. Um, I might have to invest in, in Kool-Aid as well as OnlyFans for different subscription and, and promotional opportunities this season. Yeah, I drank the whole pitcher of Kool-Aid tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what it was. I don't know. Something was just clicking. Maybe it's Katie just being that healthy. But it... In my head, it just the team just makes so much sense in offense. It just like if I constructed a team in 2K, like this would be a team that I possibly create just because there's so many things that just make so much sense and the depth is so good on it. So, I mean, the defense is still a question, but I thought they did a solid job on Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum tonight. Not that those guys were like super locked in and treating it like a regular season game, but I I feel a lot better about the team than I did, like you said, during the season preview, and I was already pretty high on them. Yeah, I'm 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 higher on them now because it's it's just much easier when you have a sample size to, to work from, and I think that a lot of teams are taking more out of the preseason, at least in certain spurts. You know, yeah. the Nets in the first half and and even uh, solid parts of the, that third quarter. What I liked, and you know, before I get to a, a topic that's been making its way on Nets Twitter, what I liked was the Celtics went on a, a little bit of a mini run and, and cut it to single digits, and then the Nets went bang 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 to get some buckets, lock in on the defensive end. That's what good teams do, Nick. And the Nets of old wouldn't have been able to do that because they don't have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Or, and then it makes it easy for Joe Harris and, and all these other guys. It's just, that's what great teams do. That's what good teams do. That's what great teams do. They have so many guys. Like, if the offense does get stagnant or you just need that ISO possession, oh, KD's not feeling it. Oh, we have Kyrie Irving. Oh, Kyrie's not feeling it. Oh, we got Karis Avert. Oh, Karis Avert's not feeling it. We have Spencer Dinwiddie. Like, you know what I mean? It's so easy for you to respond to those runs because you have so many different weapons to throw back at them. And like you said, it's almost like a different level of confidence. Like, hey, like, we're the Nets. We're stacked. We're going to beat you. I mean, I've... Uh, I feel really good right now about the Nets, and I feel like they, after tonight, I feel pretty good about them. I already had them in a top four team, and you know we're going to talk about our power rankings on the outlet, you know, next week. But they're creeping higher. Like I could see the Nets finishing the season as being the best team in the NBA, and that's the hottest yeah. take you'll get me to say in general. There we go. That there's the soundbite that I need to find off uh, <laughs> Simple Cast to make sure that I put it out in the coming days. <laughs> One thing I wanted to, and I, might, I actually might have to adjust my rankings after as well, because I'm always the, the pessimistic one when it comes to the team overall, because I like to sort of keep the lid on it. But also, it's hard not to with, with the way that they're playing, Nick. But, you know, 538, Nick, that was the, the talk <laughs> of Nets Twitter. The Nets apparently have the 13th best odds to of winning the finals slash making the finals behind the following teams. 
the Utah Jazz, the Dallas Mavericks, the Phoenix Suns, the Houston Rockets, the Toronto Raptors, the Miami Heat, the Denver Nuggets, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Los Angeles Clippers, the Philadelphia 76ers, the Boston Celtics, and the Los Angeles Lakers. Well, the Boston Celtics have the second best record, and the Brooklyn Nets just beat them by 24 points. Now, obviously, it's a preseason game, but Nick, uh, it seems to me that this is where Kevin Durant, uh, his infamous saying, who wants to bring analytics and stats to hoop talk, um, really comes to fruition. Maybe their projections would be right if they didn't mark KD as a key role player. I don't know if you saw that part. That was what they had. I did. Yeah, so maybe if they had him as a, whatever they're, maybe they call it, MVP level player, they'd have the right projection. So I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, it's I'm sure the Nets laugh at it. It's just like, okay. I think the only team that you could comfortably put in front of them, at least in my opinion, would be the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Bucks because they're all – and maybe I could hear arguments for the Heat, Celtics, and Sixers. But in my book, I'm only putting the Lakers, Clippers, and Bucks above them because they proved it last season. They're all great teams in the NBA, and they have a ton of talent, it, at least a similar level of talent than the Nets have, where a lot of those other teams, they don't. Yeah, I'd probably put Miami in that conversation a little bit because they did make the finals. and. Yep. So, like, they got worse in the offseason, to be honest. I mean, Jay Crowder is, is a bit of a loss, but that's a discussion for another day. Look, it's it's just funny. You know, I, I think it's good for chatter, and it's good to sort of analyze. And ultimately, it's not that analytics don't have and, and, and stats don't have some part to play. It's just that there's a there's an energy and a symbiosis towards. And I think that the Brooklyn Nets are, the, are so anti-analytics and everything because we see guys that just know how to create their shots on every spot of the floor. And Kyrie's taken, or, or Katie's taken like a face-up jumper. You know, 90, four, 500 other players in the NBA, that's a bad shot, as Paul yeah. George would take it. But for Kevin Durant, it's a goddamn good shot. And KD even missed some shots that I think he's going to hit. He missed, yep. I want to call three pull-up mid-rangers from the left elbow, which is usually like his go-to money spot. So, I mean, he's not even peak form. I, it's like you said, Jack. I mean, projections are fun, but you need to have, you know, the eye test along with the stat test, and there needs to be context in every situation. What was, before we finish this one up, Nick, what was your favorite Kevin Durant shot from tonight? Oh, that's a good one, Jack. Ah. Uh... I mean, the pull-up threes are always disgusting, and they, you know, they what? rip the heart out of the defense. But I want to say, I want to say, with Semi Ojale, if I'm not mistaken, face up, like there's yep. just nothing you can do. Like when he faces up and shoots in your face, there's no way to defend it. There's no one in the league that's going to be able to guard and stop that. You know, I, I would say, actually, no, maybe Giannis, maybe AD. Giannis, AD, and OG Ananobi. Maybe Ben Simmons, but I think Ben Simmons is better. But I think a... OG and Ben, like the one thing is they don't have the height. Like the length yeah. that AD and Giannis have the length where they can be standing on two feet and OG still be I think OG is one of the best one-on-one -on -one defenders in the league. No, he has length, but he doesn't have freakish length. Like it's not yeah. like he has the length of a Greek freak. Like Yeah, 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 exactly. No, there was, it was... It's just fun. Like, you know, we would get like, you know, mini highlights here and there and it's just like you'd be envious of of these superstar teams with LeBron James and Anthony Davis and, and all these sort of guys. And now we've got two of them on our team. And it's just like, it's we forget about like the, you know, the preseason game, you know, where Kevin Durant hit that exact same shot over Rui Hachimura as well. Kyrie Irving was just, it's going to be a fun, fun, fun season. And a Tuesday or Wednesday, Wednesday, I think my time, Tuesday, I think American time can't yeah. come soon enough. Yeah, 100%. And it's crazy that Kyrie is like our secondary highlight option now. <laughs> <laughs> the dude that got like eight, 52 points in like 
87% shooting and had like one of the best opening games for his new team in the history of the NBA. God. Yeah, that's our second option. In our third option, yeah, he dropped 51 on Boston last year. But <laughs> Jack, sure. any other thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, man, it, there's just it, – it feels good to just be happy about – not to get like existential and beyond basketball, but it feels happy, good to be happy about stuff because yeah. – there are a few excuses in today and I mean the holidays are coming up and, and that's always a great time of year but to be happy and have like an outlet um, and just be like my basketball team the team that I follow and, and, and I'm obsessed over is just fun to watch and, and obsessing over I'm just praying for, for health for everyone in this new year um, be it you know on off the court for and good times and you know happy holidays to everyone out there and anyone that's tuned into the buzz and anyone who hasn't tuned into the buzz and friends and family who are listening along um, look we wish you good tidings and whatever holidays you're celebrating we'll be back you know we'll, we'll be I'm probably gonna say yeah, we're same. gonna do a game we have a probably one or two more podcasts we might even do hit you with a Christmas one so yeah look I'm just I'm, I'm feeling good he's Nick, feeling so. it Spread the love. Spread the love. It's the Brooklyn way, as my uh, biggie Brooklyn Nets hoodie says. Yeah, 100%, Jack. I mean, obviously, same same wishes over here. And I'll just talk to the Nets fans for a little bit. It just feels really, really good to watch a team that struggled so much in the past and always been like the little brother, the team that's not talked about with the national media, to now being the most hyped team. And like you said, Jack, every minute of the game was fun. Like, there's excitement around, like, every single play and quarter. There's just so much intrigue with so many different aspects of this team. It's going to be a really fun year, and the buzz is going to be here covering every bit of it. One more thing, because I got the Bleacher Report notification. Uh, this is KD and Kyrie's Sage routine. That's his thing. Kyrie probably sages his room before he plays 2K. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> we started the Instagram live. Yeah, so... He doesn't do that, man. Like, my mom's always, like, throwing lavender around. It's all about the good vibes, man. Let, let people do their thing. Let's not hate on people for it's their own... It's common in 2020 to burn sage, too. It is. Like, when I saw people saying, like, you know, my girlfriend does it, I do it, and we saw CC Sabathia talking about how his partner does it as well. Um, shout out to CC Sabathia as well. I thought he was good on the mic tonight. Yeah, he was. It was nice to have the player perspective, and then he had the nice slip-up with the F word. I don't know if you caught that. <laughs> like, trying to find out. I'm like, when did he say it? Because I was like, I must have been on Twitter or in the bathroom or whatever. He's talking about his suit collection. <laughs> I mean, look. He's they a curse a lot on, the, on their podcast, so I figured it. Podcaster by nature, I'd, I'd struggle if I was behind a Yes Network mic to maintain some level of rationality and, and stability talking about this Brooklyn Nets team because uh, it's hard right now. Yeah, I mean, and just I would guess we have another core. Our boy Matt Brooks at the you know press conference right now. Well, I guess Zoom conference, whatever you want to call it. Uh, this is KD on Karis LeVert. Karis can score as fast as anybody. He can play off ball, shoot the three, but he, when he handles the rock with me and Kyrie, it gives him so much space, which is so true. Like you saw a lot of possessions where Karis had the ball. It was like okay, beat Peyton Pritchard or Jeff Teague off the dribble. Like it's it's barbecue chicken, Nick. It's yeah. it's it's there aren't. There's the only team that can rival three three players as talented as good as that is the Milwaukee Bucks. Yep, same thing. Team popped in my mind, especially, and that might be the only team that has three perimeter defenders that can deal with the Nets too. Yeah, it's and, and I, that's why I said in in our preseason uh, preview, you know, the games that we're looking forward to and such, and 
for me, uh, that MLK Day game, is, it's going to be fun. And I think at that point in time, both teams will have figured a, a few things out as well. So, um, I mean, we got to get through game one. We've got to get up to the, the Gonset Warriors game as well. We've got a couple we of got to get to 2021. <laughs> oh, man. It's, it's uh, that one day at a time, Nick. You know, let's uh, keep the lid on. One day at a time, one game at a time, one quarter at a time. I'm going to be like one of those post-game boring presses. <laughs> well, maybe the Nets could use a little more of that. But, uh, Jack, that wraps it up. As always, a pleasure. Big thanks, everybody, for listening. Like I said, catch the buzz on all streaming platforms. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.